So I, I mean, I catch myself too. I definitely had like a, a meeting with my manager and they asked me how I was doing and I was like, oh, it was fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then afterwards I was thinking of it. I was like, actually things are not fine. And I probably shouldn't have said that, but now I know next time I have a one-on-one -on -one that I can talk a little more openly about kind of the, the specific things that are, you know, bothering me. And I think it would be okay to to share because he, he is asking the question and, and checking with me, not just, um, you know, not about the projects, but how, how I'm doing. Hi again, I'm Lindsay, and this is Love in the Time of COVID-19. Today, we travel across the Atlantic to speak with my good friend, Kate. I got to know Kate back when I lived in Portland, and I've always admired her intelligence, independence, and willingness to try new things. Not long after I moved to Colorado, Kate moved to Ireland for work, leaving behind friends and family for a chance at something new. Today, we'll check in with Kate about navigating a pandemic while living alone and learn about COVID-19's impact on her relationships. Hey, Kate. Good to see you Hi. <laughs> through Zoom. You too. Yes. <laughs> um, how are you doing? What are things like in Ireland? I'm doing fine. I think things in Ireland are pretty similar to how they are in the States. I think we just sort of have a mandated stay home except for essential grocery store, pharmacy visits. Like we've been working from home for about the same time as I think you guys probably have been maybe mid-March, I think. So yeah, I've been working from home and not really leaving the house too much. We're allowed to go for walks, but it has to be within two kilometers of home because a lot of people were getting in the cars and all going to the same beach. And so they, they wanted to cut down on holiday traveling. So it's been a lot of just staying. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I know a lot of smaller vacation spots like where I'm at have really tried to deter people from coming and going just because most of those communities are smaller and a bit more vulnerable because they don't have the widespread healthcare system. So that is a bummer that you can't go more than like essentially a mile away from your house, but I kind of get it too, although that seems really contained. I think, I mean, honestly, when they did do the work from home, a friend and I were planning to go to 
like rent a cabin out on the coast and just like, oh, we can work from home as long as we have Wi-Fi. We'll just isolate together and we'll be fine. But then, yeah, there was definitely kind of a backlash against people who live in those towns not wanting outsiders coming in, which I totally understand. I just didn't think of it at the time because I was thinking like, oh, for my selfishly, like as long as, you know, I stay away from pubs and I just kind of hang out inside the house, I'm not bothering anybody, but yeah, you're still are could be putting people at risk just going to the grocery store there. So yeah, I, I understand the the reasons behind it, but it is tough. I also get the impulse to go be somewhere different and kind of take advantage of the fact yeah. that you might have the time yeah. to do so or the ability to do so when you're working from home. So exactly. As long yeah. as you have internet, then I should be able to do my job from okay. anywhere. But yeah, and for now I'm I'm home home. <laughs> okay. So can you tell us just a little bit about where you're kind of at in life? This is a little bit of a different interview than either of the episodes we've had so far because you are single. So can you just tell us a little bit about what that is like, you know, pre-COVID-19 and then we'll kind of transition to current times. Yes. So yeah, I'm single. I have been mostly single for a couple of years now, about it's almost two years since I moved overseas for work just to explore like a, a, a good uh, work opportunity. And then I have been dating, you know, Tinder and, and Bumble um, since I've moved here with mixed success. Like a, a few times I've met someone and we've had a, more than one date and sometimes not so much. So mostly I'm working a lot and I live alone and I spend time with my friends and yeah, I'm not in a relationship right now. Okay. And what, what has dating been like in Ireland? I feel like you've mentioned just in past conversations that culturally it feels a little different in some ways. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, Ireland's pretty similar to the States in a lot of ways, but since the culture is a lot more conservative here, a lot more traditional in comparison to Portland, Oregon, particularly Um, (laughs) so uh, as one can imagine so no that wasn't a surprise and and dating wise what I I think being a little bit older so I'm 41 now it's harder to find single people my age because I think people tend to get married they tend to have kids at least that when it seems that there's not that many single guys in their early 40s who don't have kids it's also harder to get divorced here. That's just part of the laws here. So I think that might have have some part in it. I think it's also just a smaller town. So compared to Portland, the, the place I'm living um, is a bit smaller. So the dating pool is a bit smaller as well. So I think from number of potential partners, it's a little more challenging in those ways. I also think you know, culturally, I, I seem to get along with Irish people pretty well, but I definitely am on the liberal, very American side of things. I was at home in Portland, so I think I'm a little bit of a ultra-feminist in some ways, and I, I don't think that's necessarily been a challenge, but I, I definitely, there's a lot of guys who we probably wouldn't make a good couple. It's just because we'd be so different in those ways. So I tend to be a little more conservative and I, I think I'm a little bit of an oddball in a couple ways, <laughs> just for who I am here. But it's, yeah, it's a little bit challenging, I think. Yeah, it's fun. It's still fun to meet people. And I think Irish people in general have a really good sense of humor and 
or fun to talk to. So in a lot of ways, it's been fun, even if it hasn't really led to a romantic relationship, at least going out and meeting new people has been enjoyable. Yeah. And I feel like you've done a really good job, at least from what I know and what I see via social media of going new places and meeting new people. And you've always been great about going to like shows and stuff like that. Now, none of those things are really options. So how has COVID-19 impacted your dating life? Yeah. So everything kind of ground to a halt, obviously, <laughs> like in terms okay. of it's, it's hard. It's, I mean, I'm kind of an introvert anyway. So like the whole being stuck at home isn't, doesn't feel too oppressive to me. I'm kind of happy being home. I'm, I'm kind of going through a nesting phase. So it's kind of been nice in some ways. But yeah, obviously not being able to go out for a beer with my friends, not being able to travel, not being able to even go into Dublin for the weekend. That's harder. And, you know, even with dating, like, like, yeah, I'll go on Bumble and like swipe. It's like, I don't even know when, how long this pandemic's going to last. Like when could I even meet anyone? Like, what's the point? And then anyone who I was talking to, where maybe there was a glimmer of hope before this happened, I kind of feel like it's kind of, you know, been on pause this whole time. Like, it's harder to make progress any, you know, on a relationship that's just barely a relationship. You just started texting with someone and now it's like, okay, we're texting, but I have no idea we'll ever see each other. I think it's harder to kind of maintain any momentum there. Okay. Yeah, I guess that all makes sense. It's funny if you just think back kind of to other points in history where courtship was this whole thing or, you know, when people went to war and they wrote these like long, beautiful letters to each other. And in this day and age, it's kind of like, We've gotten so used to, you know, I think it was even, I never did any dating app stuff, as you know, but um, I think it was even encouraged to like, keep that conversation minimal. Don't get attached until you meet in person, you know, like yeah, don't build exactly. it up too much. And then now it's kind of like, well, it's got to be a total reversal. I mean, I don't know what recommendations are, whatever that even means for a dating app, but it just seems like that bit of newer advice probably is turned on its head. Yeah, I think it's definitely... Interesting. I think in some cases I've, you know, especially with friendships and, and people I live long distance from with the virus here and we're all stuck at home. I think it's forced me to keep in touch a little bit more and contact my friends more and do like more video chats. So in, in some of my like platonic relationships, I think it's it's been in a weird way a good thing to kind of like force me to kind of keep in touch with friends and family a little bit more. Dating wise, I think I think a little more challenged, but maybe, maybe it's, if it was meant to be like, it would be a good thing and we would find a way to, you know, text paragraphs to each other every day. But maybe if we weren't that enthusiastic at the beginning, it seems like work. And <laughs> I don't know. I think I definitely have another friend in town who's also single and online dating. And she has been, you know, messaging messaging people on the on the dating apps and it's a little bit more romantic because like yeah you can't see each other so they're just making like plans for when the virus ends and like oh let's do like they, they they're making updates on that they might go on even though they can't really plan it yet for real because we just don't know how long this is going to last so I think it's definitely tougher but it's not I don't know for me it hasn't necessarily been <laughs> good, but I think for other people are managing to make it work. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it makes sense that different people would approach it differently. Like your friend who is really okay with just building that emotional connection. 
it makes me curious. This is a little bit lame, but did you watch Love is Blind? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> okay. I finished it. Okay, so did we. <laughs> We've gotten into some trash TV around here, but it's, oh it's my God, yes. really funny to me that this show about not meeting people face to face and then making an insane commitment. I don't think anybody should do that, but that came out right before this, you know, and it, it's almost like everyone's having kind of their own. I mean, you have pictures and things, obviously, with dating apps, but a lot of people are almost having their own micro social experiment, as shows like that tend to call themselves, with their own dating lives of, okay, how much emotional connection can I build with this person that I can't be in a room with for who knows how long? It's just kind of interesting. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Yeah, that show made me think a lot of things and made me feel a lot of feelings. I was like, what? It's really interesting to watch that show and laugh at it. But yeah, it definitely made me think about like how you can forge like a, a connection with someone without meeting face-to-face. Because generally the way I date has just been, you know, using the apps very little. And as soon as I match someone and they seem cool, like I'm willing to meet them right away. Because I'd rather just meet them right away and see if we have chemistry than kind of have a long back and forth messaging. So maybe that's why this has been hard for me is because I I can't meet them face to face and it's hard for me to stay invested in a pen pal if I just don't know what they're actually like you know but I think there is something to say about I mean one thing that love is blind it did they were still talking so you still get a, a sense of how someone is just talking to them so maybe you know maybe it means we need to call each other and talk on the phone as opposed to just typing out a conversation on your phone I just maybe I'm old like I can't text and and feel like it's a real conversation so much like I need to be able to talk to them yeah I mean that seems reminiscent of like late 90s early 2000 chat rooms yeah <laughs> I mean would you ever be of the mindset to want to set up something like a zoom date I mean I think yeah I think I would why not? Because I think I've been doing that with my friends and I'm, most of my work meetings now are VC and it seems, I mean, it, it feels weird at first, but I think now that we're almost a month into this thing, like a lot of us are feeling a little more natural with, with the video chat. So yeah, I'd be open to it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, keep me updated if you give that a shot. <laughs> I will do. On a more like platonic familial level, a lot of your family or your parents at least are in Florida, right? What has that been like? You know, that's a state that has been a little hesitant to implement, you know, new safety protocols and things like that. What has that been like having your family like A, so far away and B, also in a place that has made kind of some questionable decisions? I mean, I think they're on board now, but. Mm -hmm. It's, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I've lived so far from my family for so many years now that I I mean, the fact that I'm in Ireland and not in the States isn't too bad. I mean, I do worry about them. They're in their 70s. They are healthy. Um, I think they've been kind of holed up a little bit sooner than maybe their state mandated them to be. So I think they're, my dad's a super introvert anyway. So (laughs) his life has almost not changed at all. My mom's definitely the opposite. She's an extrovert. She's always had a lot of like clubs and activities and, and friends. So she's having a rougher go of it, I think, just because she's a little bit bored um, staying home. But yeah, they're, I think they're doing fine. 
I do, yeah, I do worry about them because I know they're kind of stubborn people who don't like going to the doctor. So um, if they do get sick, I, I do have some worries there. But um, I mean, for now, they have each other. And I, I think I'm checking in with them a little bit more than I usually do. But so far, so good. Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely fingers crossed. And I'm happy to hear they kind of took it upon themselves to be safe prior to the state making any decisions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up introverts and extroverts. I feel like in other conversations I've had, you know, for the podcast or otherwise, that's a big theme that people come up with as far as like, oh, this is really hard for extroverts or what a time to be an introvert, you know, and it's just, um, I kind of think of myself as being a little bit mixed. Like I think I might be an extroverted introvert or Mm -hmm. maybe the reverse. I'm not sure. So it's just funny to me that so many people have kind of drawn like black and whites there where I'm like, I don't know, I feel like I'm pretty middle of the road. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And I think we're similar in that way that we're both like extroverted introverts where I'm, I'm happy to be alone and I feel comfortable being home alone, but I definitely need friends and family once in a while um, or at least check in with someone every day or talk to someone. So yeah, I don't think it's, I, I think also um, because I, I live alone. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I'm, like I said before, I'm kind of okay with the lockdown a bit just because I'm just sort of comfortable. <laughs> I'm just really comfortable being home. So it's okay. Yeah. Be cozy. Go with, um, kind of, I think that more Nordic mindset of just embracing the coziness, even though it maybe isn't winter anymore, you know? Yeah, it's definitely, weather is so gorgeous the last two days, which is really hard to stay cooped up at home, but I have a patio, so. That's a plus, the patio plus. During this time, have you developed any favorite new routines or rituals, particularly in regards to, you know, self-love or self-care? That's, yeah, that's one thing that I, I think, I mean, I'm trying to look at the bright side of things. I mean, otherwise you would go crazy if you don't. But with the pandemic and being forced to be home and alone so much, I think it has forced me to kind of make some adjustments in my routines. I'm definitely cooking a lot more than I ever did. I, mean, I think everyone's probably saying that. I'm not baking. I haven't like gone that far with the with the pandemic stuff. Making breakfast every day for myself and making coffee and giving myself nice long mornings, which I really miss, you know, having like a kind of more typical nine to five job or nine to seven job like, like I have now. I think being able to have kind of like a morning ritual where I just get up and make myself a coffee and the sun's coming in in the morning and just enjoying that. So, you know, and having my ritual of making some herbal tea before I go to bed and, you know, just wearing really comfy things and keeping my apartment clean and comfy. I, I think that's a form of self-love to me is just, you know, making the time to, you know, have those little rituals and have those comforts. Yeah. I mean, that sounds almost like a more natural flow to your day rather than kind of that nine to five or eight to five or seven to six or whatever crazy thing we're doing most of the time where we have this structure that maybe wouldn't be to our choosing if it were left up to us. So that's, I like that, the long, slower mornings and the herbal tea before bed. That all sounds really lovely. Yeah, I definitely am not a morning person. So this has been really nice for me to just sort of roll out of bed and, and 
not have to get ready for work and just sort of like stumble into the living room and hey, maybe I take my first calls in my pajamas. I don't care. It's been nice in those ways. What's been the hardest thing about this time for you? I think I'm a huge workaholic. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I was willing to pack up and move here. I think that's the hardest thing is not going into work and, you know, I can do a lot of my work from home and there's a lot of my job that I can't do from home. And that's been stressful and, and tough. And, you know, not having the feedback from, from my teammates has been really tough. So I think most of like the hard part has revolved around work, but that's sort of most of my life has revolved around work. So it kind of makes sense. Like that would be the biggest dent, but I'm working through it. And I think we're going through a lot of changes in our organization anyway, before this happened. So I think I know it's temporary and things are going to get better, but I think most of my stress during all this has been kind of stressed about our projects and our teammates and how, how everyone else is handling things and what's going to come of all of this. That's, that's really been the hardest thing. You know, when you live somewhere, Ireland, the weather here is not too different from Portland, Oregon or the Pacific Northwest. So it's pretty rainy and gray, as one might imagine. It's mild over the winter, but we did have a lot of storms. And what's tough is this becoming spring. It's becoming really nice out. All of those things, like I've been looking forward to all year to do once the weather turned warm, like I just can't do yet. So that's been socially tough and kind of emotionally a little bit tough is like not being able to kind of enjoy the nice spring weather and all the things you start to do when the weather gets nice, like going to pubs and eat, drinking outside or going on hikes on the weekends and all those things. I know, I know everyone's in the same boat, but that I think I feel like I'm missing missing the spring because of this. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. And I know I'm lucky to live in a place where I can go on a hike on my lunch break and not see very many people. But it is interesting, I think, and maybe this isn't your experience, but it is for me that it seems like random things will just hit at random times. Like yesterday, I got a little bit sad because I thought about our balloon festival, which like I normally don't really care about. Like we normally go and look at the balloons for like 20 minutes, have a donut or something, and then go about our day. It's not something I normally care about very much, but I got really sad being like, oh, probably not going to see any hot air balloons this summer. Yeah. Oh. Not something I normally care about. Yeah, it's, I, I do like the way you said, like, weird things will hit at weird times. And, you know, my phone shows me pictures that I took oh one year ago today or two years ago today and it's like oh yeah I remember being able to leave the house and go sit at a restaurant with a friend and like all those you'll get reminded of all those things like life used to be like that a month ago um so yeah I mean I th but I think everyone's kind of in the same boat so that's I'm trying not to get too down on those things but yeah it's definitely a huge sense of feeling kind of left out of uh, society and so, or left out of like having a life. And I'm anxious to get back into it once it opens up again. Which it will, you know, we'll yeah. have things again. Um, but it is <laughs> a trial and patience. Yes, for sure. For them. <laughs> what have you been feeling grateful for recently? I am actually, honestly, the biggest thing is I, I'm so glad I don't have kids. And I, I'm so glad I'm not in a shitty relationship. Um, sorry for the uh, S-bomb. But 
I, I think back to other points in my life where maybe I was living with someone and, and the relationship wasn't going well and how stressful it was to kind of navigate that. And then thinking about if we were trapped together in, in isolation and how much more stressful that would have been. So I'm just really thankful I don't have those kind of stressful relationships that I'm having to navigate because I have, you know, friends who do have young children and, and they're, you know, it's really hard for them, like, obviously. And I'm just, I'm just really thankful that I'm, it is just me and I only have to worry about getting myself through this. Yeah, that's what I would say would be my biggest, the biggest thing I'm thankful for. And, you know, and just being able to have a job that can pay me to work from home. And I feel pretty confident that they'll continue to be able to do so. So I don't have to worry about this either. So I feel really lucky for this. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. I know there are a lot of relationships out there right now that are unpleasant or dangerous even. So I think that that's definitely fair. Oh, emergency alert. (laughs) Would you like to know what my emergency alert says? Yes, please tell me. Because of widespread presence of deadly coronavirus, Colorado has extended the stay-at-home order through April 26th. Please only leave home for medical care, work at critical workplace, or other necessary reasons. For more information, visit covid19.colorado.gov. I actually think our county's beyond the 26th, so that's not really news to me. I didn't know Colorado hadn't done that yet, to be honest. Okay. Ours was just extended to May 5th as of yesterday, because it was supposed to end right after Easter, but just judging by the number of cases, like it's, yeah, I had had a strong feeling it would be extended anyway, so it wasn't really a surprise for me, but I I was surprised that it was a surprise for other people. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. (laughs) You know, in that vein. It could be a while. Not to revisit Ireland too much again, just culturally, but it's a pretty Catholic country. What are people Mm. doing in regards to Easter tomorrow? Yeah, I think there's probably virtual mass. The churches aren't open. They definitely, it's a four-day weekend for us here. So we had Good Friday off and Easter Monday off. So a lot of people travel on this weekend and they were really strict about getting a lot more guards, what we call them, the police garda here, a lot more garda out, you know, patrolling and stopping cars and making sure people aren't, you know, packing up and going on vacation anyway when they're not supposed to or visiting relatives. So I think, yeah, I think people, they're just really encouraged to stay home and celebrate at home. I mean, we're still, the grocery stores are still selling Easter chocolates and so forth. So I think everyone's kind of having to make do with um, celebrations from home. Okay. Yeah, I just was wondering, because I know it's been a little ambiguous, not so much in Colorado, but in some of the more conservative states about what's allowed for Easter, which is kind of wild to me. But, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What have you learned about love at this time in any form? I think to be patient with yourself and to be patient with others. I think one of the things I've learned is, I mean, just from my friends, but also in myself, and maybe you touched on it too, how it is a tough time. And I think I get sad at different moments over different things. And some days I'm in a really silly mood and I'm fine. And and some days I'm not in a good mood. And I notice in friends too, that their kind of moods come and go as, as well. And I think to be 
patient with one another and check in with one another and also tomorrow's another day <laughs> when usually I'll sleep on it and the next day I feel fine so I think that's mostly what I've learned is patience and that, that kind of makes sense because a lot of other things relationship wise like I am gonna just have to be patient if you know dating one day is legal again <laughs> That's a good way to um, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to sit sit tight and wait. You know, they, they always say, like, you can't love someone if you can't love yourself. So maybe there is some amount of, you know, extra amount of self-care, extra amount of introspection. I think, yeah, I'm trying to look at it as a, as a blessing in some ways on giving myself a little time out instead of just always on the move and kind of distracting myself with things, but really just sort of sitting with myself and, and getting more comfortable being alone and comfortable being, you know, here in Ireland and comfortable, you know, in my apartment, I think, yeah, patience play, plays a big part in that. Yeah, I think that's definitely true for everybody, whether they're, you know, self-quarantined by themselves or whether they have a family of 10 or whether they're essential workers and having to deal with the general population, like patience definitely plays a role in all of those interactions, whether it's with yourself or other people. So I think that's a great observation. Okay, a year from now, what do you want to be different and what would you like to hold on to from this time? I think that's a good one. I think, well, for one, I'm never gonna wash my hands the way I used to. Like I, I feel like I've finally learned to wash my hands the right way. That'll probably stick with me forever. I think I'm going to keep with that patience theme and, you know, I think it's important to check in with people and not assume, not assume they're fine or not assume they're not fine and just sort of ask the question. So I think, you know, I'm learning that with, you know, my friends, but also, you know, my colleagues who I'm usually not very close with my colleagues in a way, but I think having all of us going through this, together in a way I think it's kind of forcing us to check in on each other on a more personal level and I I, I think I'm, I want to maintain that once this is all over because I think it's important to you know to have that kind of level of intimacy sometimes even with people who you're only connected with sonically or only connected with professionally we're all humans at the end of the day we're all going through you know tough times with this and, and you, it's just good to ask the question and just check check in instead of just assuming business as usual. I think once, you know, even when I'm out back in the office and things are back to normal, I would hope that, you know, we come away from this a little bit closer and are able to maintain that. Yeah, I think that that's a really good practice to keep in place. And, you know, with that, I think it would be good if we all were able to kind of maintain the authenticity of our answers to that question too, because I feel like in you know, typical times, a lot of the time you'll ask a friend or a coworker, a family member or whoever, like, hey, how's it going? And the response a lot of time is great, even if things aren't really mm. good at all. And I feel like more recently people are giving real answers when you're like, hey, how are you doing with all of this? It's like much bigger answer. I mean, you know, some people are still private and just their response is, oh, I'm fine. But, you know, I think more often it's led to more interesting conversations and like things that we can all relate to, you know? Yeah. And it's more, yeah, it's more authentic and more, yeah, honest. And I, I kind of, there's being honest is never incorrect. <laughs> like being honest is always the right answer. 
so I, I mean, I catch myself too. I definitely had like a, a meeting with my manager and they asked me how I was doing and I was like, oh, it was fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then afterwards I was thinking of it. I was like, actually things are not fine. And I probably shouldn't have said that, but now I know next time I have a one-on-one that I can talk a little more openly about kind of the, the specific things that are, you know, bothering me. And I think it would be okay to, to share because he, he is asking the question and, and checking it with me, not just, um, you know, not about the projects, but how, how I'm doing. So I think, yeah, it's asking the questions, but also being willing to answer them yourself for sure. Yeah. Nothing is fine right now and that's okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I just have one last question for you. And Mm -hmm. that is, what is one thing right now that you've really been enjoying? Uh, um, One thing I've been really enjoying. I have one friend in town, so I'm really enjoying having, you know, someone going through a really similar experience as me. I mean, we're both single. We're both, you know, moved here from overseas. So definitely having a buddy through this has been enjoyable. I mean, we can kind of laugh together about all of it. So I think that's important. Yeah. Okay. I like to have one more question that I just thought okay. of. Okay. Sure. You are someone that I always kind of think of as having kind of like a playlist for everything. You really oh, yeah. put a soundtrack to your life. What has been you know, not the entire playlist, but what have been some of the top hits on your pandemic playlist? That's, that's an amazing question because actually I started a little project because I have been listening to a ton of music lately. Okay. The album I'm listening to lately is Angel Olsen's newest one. This week I've been listening to a lot of kind of this, I don't know, updated kind of retro music where it sounds old timey, but it's actually new so I'm actually been putting together a lot of playlists <laughs> like themed playlists and that's like the one I've been working on lately but yeah Angel Olsen and Sharon Van, Van Etten and uh yeah those two okay I'll have to check out the Angel Olsen album that's funny you said Sharon Von Etten because there was definitely like one song I was replaying for like a couple of days by her and yeah. I, I don't know why <laughs> Yeah, it's no, that's definitely been something. I mean, one thing we didn't talk about, but like, you know, being home alone has made me kind of pull out all my old hobbies. And so one of my old hobbies is like listening to a lot of music and putting together playlists because I used to be a radio DJ um, back in the in college days. So I've been kind of spending a lot of time with that, actually. And that's been super fun and rewarding and, you know, sending playlist to my friends and coming up with like maybe some kind of projects related to this and also craft projects of course but yeah music music for sure and I think music's really been helping me get through this because it always has music has always helped me get through things and I, I think for sure I'm, I'm listening to it a lot lately and it's really helping. Awesome well I think those are all of my questions I guess I'll let you go. Thank you. Yeah. So it was so nice to talk to you. And I, when you sent me this project of yours, I was like, oh, I want to participate, but I'm, I'm not in a relationship. But definitely being single and going through this is, you know, it's not a unique situation. So hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, really, no one exists without any relationships, right? Even people who are still yeah. in, like in Antarctica for research projects 
have relationships. They, they might true. not be romantic or they might not be nearby. So I was happy to include you. Thank you. Okay. Well, I love you and I guess I'll say bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I did want to speak on one thing that Kate touched on. As you may remember, Kate mentioned that she had initially planned to hide out in a remote cabin for a few days, but later changed her mind. As someone who lives in a small resort town, I really appreciate her making the decision to stay away, despite the obvious temptation to make the best out of a bad situation by taking a mini holiday. Small communities like my own generally welcome tourism with open arms. For us, visitors and second homeowners help to fuel the ski industry and local economy and also help to bring new ideas to festivals and events. I think most of us have some location that feels like it would just be the perfect escape and the desire to seek that out now can be huge. But it's important to think about the limited resources these communities may already have. Many resort towns function without major hospitals and get resources restocked with less frequency than in cities or suburbs during a typical time. So a major influx of visitors could be very problematic for both locals and those visiting during a pandemic. So what are small towns saying about this? In Telluride, where I live, public health orders read, visitors to San Miguel County are directed to return home immediately. All non-resident homeowners are strongly encouraged to leave the county and return to their primary place of residence. So, visiting's not even really an option. Three hours away, in Crested Butte, a ski town known for its quirky and unique atmosphere, county public health orders amended on March 26, 2020, read, these amendments also continue to prohibit non-resident homeowners not currently present in Gunnison County, or those who have only recently arrived, including non-resident homeowners, from remaining in Gunnison County during the duration of this order. The public health director finds that non-residents, visitors, and non-resident homeowners from lower altitudes, regardless of whether they are residents of Colorado, another state, or a foreign country, are at a greater risk for complications from COVID-19 infections than residents who are acclimatized to the high altitude environment of Gunnison County. The public health director also finds that non-residents, regardless of where their own residence is in Gunnison County and regardless of whether they reside in Colorado, another state, or another country, continue to impose unnecessary burden on healthcare, public services, first responders, food supplies, and other essential services. The order in Gunnison County is quite a bit more strict than that within San Miguel County. But funny enough, this is not the first time that Gunnison County has made the decision to close to visitors. During the 1918 pandemic, the county decided to strictly quarantine, a much more severe reaction than most of the surrounding areas, but one that saved lives, especially in comparison to other parts of the state. Finally, Gunnison brings up another good point, at least in regards to mountain towns, which is that visitors would likely be putting themselves at greater risk as well, as COVID-19 is much more difficult to treat at elevation, as the air is thinner, the effects of which can be felt greatly by those who are not acclimated. So if you're thinking of an escape, especially one to the mountains, maybe think twice for your own health and for those of the locals. Without everything we do together, it's better. I just enjoy the weather.
Talking with Kate was a great reminder to stay patient, something that I personally have been struggling with over the past week. I know for myself, impatience tends to be more of a messenger than what I'm truly feeling. And most of the time, the emotion underneath is anxiety. I don't think I'm alone in this. It can be hard to stay patient with our current safety protocols, with political choices being made, and with the emotions that we just wish would go away. Our collective pause can feel counterintuitive to our typical forward momentum and can lead to feelings of frustration and agitation. There's so much unknown and we can all get antsy, just wanting to have an idea of where we're headed. So what can we do to challenge these feelings? Well, first we can acknowledge them and accept that this is how we're feeling. It's okay to sit with that for a while. Get curious about your feelings of impatience. What are they trying to tell you? Maybe that feeling of impatience to see your friends is just a manifestation of how much you care about the people in your life and can serve as a good reminder to connect with them digitally. Or maybe that impatience is related to the fear of the unknown and it's time to take stock of what we can and can't control and take action from there, which could look a variety of ways depending on the situation we're facing and what we do have control over. Anyway, that's what I'll be thinking about going forward into this next week. Maybe you can too. Until then, stay safe.